This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. This is the Adam Gold Show. Let's find out if Will Brinson, senior NFL writer, CBSSports.com, Pick 6 podcast moderator, and a uh, fantastic partner uh, in a media day golf outing, which we ended up finishing second in, which is a loss. First losers, that's what we are, Will Brinson. How are you, my friend? I think he's grabbing Uh-oh. water. Uh-oh, Will's getting water. Yep. Well, that's... We, I see his background, but you see the background? he's MIA right oh now. Oh, my gosh. Will, get back here. I, I can't do that open again. I can't do that intro again. What a train wreck of a program this was today. This has been today. Well, you weren't here for Monday, so we had to redo Monday for you. I wasn't here. I wasn't here yesterday. No, that's you. That's me. That's you. (laughs) Uh, I wasn't here yesterday, and then uh, and today there's too many things going on at the same time. And again, men can't multitask. We have to simply accept that. Uh, So we'll talk about the Panthers' offense and everything else going uh, that isn't going on with the Panthers. All right, Will, are you there? There he is. Oh, I'm here. There you go. All right. Look, the Panthers are averaging 16 points a game on offense. So you have been watching the National Football League for a long time. I can't recall an offense that looked this inept. Am I wrong? Or, I mean, it's certainly got to be one of the top worst offenses in the last 20 years. It's probably not even... Probably not even as bad as the um, Panthers' 2011 offense with uh, Jimmy Clausen, but <laughs> it's definitely very bad. I have to go and, look at uh, that now. I, I mean, I think you know you and I talked about this yesterday in our pre-production meeting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I right. think that uh, it was a lengthy pre-production. It was, right? it was five hours. Yeah, five, five and a half. Big, yeah, closer to six is right. Um. I think that the, you said it. The Panthers are the most unwatchable team in, in the NFL right now. Yeah, that's not I mean, like that's a really like the Lions are one and three, and they don't look like a team that's going to win, you know, ten games. But they're watchable as hell. You know why? Because they have one of the best offenses in the game. They're putting up right. over four hundred yards a game. I'd I'd be okay being zero and four if the Panthers. Could make you go, hey, that was fun on offense, but they can't. Absolutely, and in fact, I think you can make the argument that David Tepper might be fine with it too. If you, you know, if you're if you're if you're scoring points and you're staying close, you're, you're keeping games close, and the team is is enjoyable, and you've got clear stars that are developing at um at the wide receiver and, and running back positions, and you know, and look, Detroit has a great offensive line. By the way, they built that thing through the first round. Carolina does not have a great offensive line. Um, but there's just nothing enjoyable about watching Carolina play. Baker Mayfield, did you have you have you talked about Stephen Stephen A. Smith's rant yet? Have you seen that? Uh, I have not seen the rant about. Uh, oh no, I've I've seen where he shouts out North Carolina cities. I love that. That was great. He's like, trust me, I know North Carolina, Cartersville. <laughs> I mean, anybody can. He's he's got a what was the uh, the presidential candidate who's like, we're going at. at Cleveland, we're going whatever. I it, 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 yeah, yeah. doesn't even matter. Um, it, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't matter. No, no, but Stephen A. worked in Ashboro back in the day. Yeah, as a Winston Salem State grad. So yeah. he's he, yeah, he, he is knows, familiar he with the, Yeah, he's familiar I mean, with I, the surroundings. I, I, I'm not amusing, but the, the point being is that 
Um, like, you know, he was telling Baker Mayfield, like, your career is in jeopardy. And I think he's wrong. I don't know that it's entirely Baker's fault. I think it's a, it's a fault of like, you know, I, I just think it's, it's a, it's, it's not, it's, there's only one way that, that ownership, I mean, the, look, the problem probably starts, starts higher than the guy who's in charge thinks it does. Yes. And that's a, that's a, that's a, why don't you need to grab a mirror and take a nice hard look situation? Um, but Matt rules, not good at this, right? We, Matt rule. we, we, we can, we can understand that Matt rules, not good at this. Like I'm not slamming Ben McAdoo. Uh, they don't have great personnel. The offensive line hasn't worked well, I was out. David Tepper, not Matt well, no, no, no. It is a David Tepper problem. I don't think David Tepper is going to fire Matt rule next week or the week after or the weekend. I really don't. Um, I don't see what is, un- unless you have a coach on staff that you think could be your next head coach. And I'm pretty sure that they don't. Un- so I don't, I wouldn't, I can't see why you would do that. How would it make it better? How would it free these guys up? May I guess you can name Ben McAdoo, the interim head coach, but all you'd be doing is satisfying your fans it's like a Wisconsin Jim Leonard thing where you're trying to right. fire Paul Chris to get ahead of the curve and grab Jim Leonard and give him an audition. Like mm-hmm. you're not thinking we fired Matt Rule so I can pay him for the next three years while Ben McAdoo gets a you know, twelve game, fourteen, thirteen game audition. And when we and Ben McAdoo was the head coach for the Giants with a better team. Right? Didn't wasn't he the coach after Tom Coughlin left? Right? He, he was he was the guy who went to the um they had the they went to the playoffs and they had the boat situation with Odell and all the receivers <laughs> in the boat and then they got blown out by Green Bay and then they right. never they, they never recovered and then he got fired. So like, and he, when, and he benched Eli Manning. He broke up Eli Manning's uh, consecutive start streak for Geno <laughs> Smith, which in hindsight he wasn't wrong about. Gino, I got beat by Geno Smith in fantasy football the other day, which is fine because my team's terrible. Um, the so I don't see them firing David Tepper. I'd rather fire. Well, maybe uh, I see the fans firing David Tepper. I don't see Tepper firing Matt Rule until we get well into the season, and, and un, I mean, unless they're one and eleven. Um, well, that's well into the season. I think. I think. It, I mean, I think one and seven might get it done. Yeah, but again, I just don't see what the what the point is at that well, point. There's no point. It's just David Tepper likes to fire people. Well, I don't disagree with that. Uh, he's not he's not fired us yet. I say yet. Can he fire us? Uh, no, but I did if hear he, if he could fire us, then I'm in trouble. I, <laughs> I did hear that Matt Rule said when they, he was asked if he thought about making a quarterback change, uh, and it basically oh, said comma today. So it was after the game. So part of me, my my bells and whistles go off like, wait, Matt might be thinking about making a quarterback change. Well, he was asked about it. He said, uh, um, uh, <laughs> yes. um obviously not um, uh, available. It's like, okay. What I, I went, well, well, Sam is not available yet, I guess, right? Um, no, he's not. Like, what, what well, I, I don't even remember. It's been so long since I've seen Sam Darnold. He's hurt. Uh, I was talking about it as though he was an option the other day. It's P.J. Walker is your option at quarterback. So they're definitely not making a change at quarterback. Is the I mean, Baker's a problem. Only that he's not as good as we all want him to be. But Baker's not the problem. The problem is everything else. Yeah. Uh, the problem is that they don't have a good enough offensive line. And 
Uh, it's just not there yet. I don't I know. Mean, the, they Carson, also Wentz, don't... Carson Wentz and Matthew Stafford would not be having great seasons with this Panthers team. No. Well, well Carson... Much, I mean, Wentz, I guess Wentz would be a slight upgrade over Baker, maybe? He's, it would be a bigger upgrade. He would simply be physically All bigger. Right? Yes. Physically, he would not throw as, as many passes about it down. Stafford would be an obvious upgrade, but um, he didn't want to play here. And there's probably part of the reason is, is why. Like, look at... Look at look at the, look at who they got at quarterback in these trades. Sam right. Darnold was literally the last musical chair in the quarterback that year. Baker Mayfield got traded like two weeks before the season because he was the last musical chair this past year. They have been the losers. They are the they are the last landing spot for quarterbacks in trades that no one else wants because they know what's going to happen. That's the Panthers. Will Brinson is joining us here uh, on the Adam Gold Show, senior NFL writer, CBSSports.com. Moderator, Pick 6 podcast, the only or the best, maybe that's the case in both, uh, the best daily NFL podcast. Nearly award-winning NFL podcast. I think we finished in second place in the People's Choice Podcast Awards, which, while disappointing, uh, spared me a tattoo, so I'll take it. Well, that's good. Who'd you lose to? Uh, a, more, another CBS podcast, uh, Morning Combat. What? I think it's a daily oh, MMA co- uh, podcast. My gosh! All right. Well, um, you then you're still you still won. Yeah, you're you're still you're still in first place in my book. So no tattoo is a win. I'll tell you that. One. <laughs> All right. Are the Bills still the best team in the league? I mean, I could you can make the argument for it. I think I would probably take the Chiefs right now, but it's probably a one A one one B situation. I just think. Okay. Uh, Kansas City looks a little more consistent on offense. Um, certainly, the Bills have you know maybe a little more explosion. That offensive line for KC looks like it could be really, really dominant. Uh, the Bills' defense better. So I mean, yeah, I think I think when you look at the NFL right now, it's one A, one B with Kansas City and Buffalo. It's just really how you know you pick how you want to rank them. Um, but I, I have no problem with Buffalo being called the best team in the league. Yeah, I, I I've seen the Chiefs. I love the Chiefs. I think the Bills have a better defense than the Chiefs, although I'm not yep. knocking the Chiefs at all. By the way, they got hosed in that with the Chris Jones roughing the passer call uh, yeah. that aided the loss to the Colts. That was just a horrendous call. Well, they, the Bills and the Bills got the reverse, right? They got they got they benefited from a roughing the passer call where um, it, you know they got 15 free yards in that final drive where they, they took the lead over the Ravens. Oh, that that is uh, that is also true. But I I, I felt like they would have gotten there anyway. <laughs> what what is what is it about the Ravens and leads that are toxic? <laughs> well, uh, so the Ravens were 103 in games where they had a seven point seventeen point lead coming into the season in the history of their franchise, dating back to nineteen ninety six. Uh they are zero and two in games this season where yeah. they had seventeen point leads. Um which is it's really hard to do. I mean, you know, to blow a seventeen point lead like that when you're an elite team with an elite offense. And it really boils down to their secondary. You know, they just don't have the they don't have all the players they need on the back end right now. And they don't have the pass rush to help so like we see you see it all the time where good you know a good secondary can make up for a questionable pass rush or a questionable pass rush. I mean, uh, excuse me, a questionable a good pass rush can make up for a questionable yeah. secondary, right? You know, you can um, 
you look at the 07, I think it's the 07, maybe the 11 Giants, maybe both qualify, but, you know, they had such good pass rushes that it made the, it made the secondary look good. I think the, the Panthers probably qualified for that in 2015, too. Uh, but the Ravens have neither. And so when you have neither a pass rush nor a, you know, a, a strong secondary, they got, they got Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters to play back there, but it's just, they're just, they can't stop anybody on defense. And so they sort of need to adjust how they play on offense. And I don't think they've figured that out yet where, they need to realize that they have to be foot on the gas 24-7. Now, credit to John Harbaugh, you know, I, I, I'd probably kick and take the field goal, but I think he understood, hey, you know, we're probably not winning this game with field goals when he went for it down there on, four, on fourth and two. You can't throw the interception and give him 18 for yards. But generally speaking, I think you're going to see the Ravens be really aggressive on offense when it comes to try to continue to score points, knowing that right now the defense just isn't going to help them out. I a hundred percent agree with you. I thought it was the right decision to go for the touchdown there. Um, I, I also think that I'm not sure that the Ravens are, have much other than Lamar. And uh, Rashad Bateman and Devin uh, Duvernay have, have looked really no, good. No, the receivers, receivers, the receivers are fine in terms of the run game. Yeah, but but, they, but I mean, they, it was considered like and J.K. Dobbins looked really good. I thought against Buffalo too. Um, the the receivers, remember, were considered like the like oh they have no receivers, and now all of a sudden they, they might have Mark Andrews at tight end. He could be the best mm-hmm. tight end in football. If not, he's one of the two best or three best at least. And then if you have Bateman turning into a one and Duvernay turning into a two, all of a sudden. This is just a team with a loaded offense, but the problem is on the other side of the football. Yes, the, oh, there's there's no question. The problem is on the other side of the football. I just, I just, I don't see the Ravens being able to grind games out because you don't want Lamar running between the tackles. Uh, like they got down to the you know the red zone, and the running game really just couldn't really do it for them because their running game is is so predicated on Lamar. They need Ronnie Stanley back pretty bad. Yeah, that wh- whoever the guy is they're missing, it just doesn't seem like they could get those. Well, I mean, Stanley's one of the, I mean, Stanley's one of the, like the elite run, you know, run run like run blocking left uh, left tackles. And so I think like if he gets back and he gets healthy, he almost came back this past week, so he should be back this week or at least week 6 at mm-hmm. the latest. I think you could see that running game maybe take off a little bit. But yeah, you're right. I mean like it it they they are explosive but maybe not efficient down in the red zone right now. And that's that's going to be a problem moving forward for sure. All right. Will Brinson, senior NFL writer, CBSSports.com, Pick 6 podcast moderator. A couple of things before we let you go. Uh, the first, I know Jerry Jones said today or yesterday that Dak's coming back. I could see him playing this week, but he's still having a problem gripping the football. Can I just remind Jera that they haven't lost with Cooper Rush at quarterback so I know, I don't know, maybe let Cooper Rush play until Dak's 100% healthy and then go back to Dak. Is that crazy? No, I've been saying that for two weeks. And it's like, do you not remember what happened with Russell Wilson last year? He came right. back, he rushed back from like a similar injury with his throwing hand. And he came back, it was like a, you know, like a bone or a ligament. And he, and he came back and he couldn't grip and they scored zero points against the Packers. It was a game where like Geno Smith probably wasn't going to win, but, you know, give him a chance and... um and, you know, Russ struggled the rest of the year, and, and they didn't look good offensively. So I think it, if, if you you can play Cooper Rush until – I don't play, don't say play him until you lose a game, but keep playing him until – like if he, you know, if he goes 2-1 and one the next three weeks, just let Dak heal. Let Dak get healthy. Let Dak get, re- like, rested. Like, get his hand right because, you know, Brady Quinn always says this in, on the Pick 6 podcast, YouTube, daily podcast. Absolutely. YouTube. Uh, but, he, you know, he always points out, it's like, I mean, it, it is true. Like I, I pointed out too, it's like if you have an injury like that, 
you're going to, if you're not healthy and you're not recovered fully, you're going to overcompensate with other stuff. And that's how, like, maybe you don't feel like you can use your hand to spin the ball correctly. So, you, you know, you're forcing it. I mean, like, that's how you tear a shoulder or, like, you know, you're, you're, you're holding the ball longer in the, in, mm -hmm. in the pocket because you're, you're worried you won't be able to, like, get the ball out as quickly as you need. And so you take a huge hit to the side or something. You know, there's just all different ways that these things cascade. And so it's so stupid to try to rush him back, especially when you're winning games. Yeah, and it, it, to me it would be a, an ego that would put Dak Prescott back on the field before yes. he is fully ready, whether it's his ego or Jerry Jones' ego. Just, like, let Cooper Rush go. No, I do know that Dallas is trying to stay near Philly, and Philly is right now 4-0. I think they're the only undefeated team in the league. Uh, and Dallas is playing at the Rams, so it just leads me to this. Are the Rams in trouble? Yeah, I mean, yes. If they, I mean, now it's it's week four or you know, it was week five, I guess now. Um, and and so you don't want to like, you don't want to bury a team that's two and two and tied for first in this division. Right. But yeah, they, they've they've looked bad against elite defenses who can generate pressure. That offensive line is a major problem, and Sean McVay's going to have to get into the the lab and figure out what he wants to do with this offensive line and how he wants to use it to, you know, whatever he needs to do in order to mitigate the pressure that Matthew Stafford's getting because he leads the NFL in, in, in interceptions. No surprise. I mean, that's sort of part of his game. He led yeah. the NFL in interceptions last year. He's an aggressive thrower. He's not afraid to throw in a tight window. Sometimes he you know, makes bad, you know, makes a bad play like last night with a pick six. But more importantly for me, he's tied for second in terms of sacks taken. And so, like, that's the that's the worry for me is if he's getting pressured, those turnovers are going to get cranked up. And the other thing is Allen Robinson – yeah, we saw it in the Super Bowl when Odell Beckham went down. They didn't have a secondary weapon next to Cooper Cup, and they really struggled offensively. And now Allen Robinson can't get going, and all they have is Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby, and it just it's it's there's something's missing from that offense. So they need to figure out how to implement Allen Robinson and get him on the same page as McVay and uh, and, and and Matthew Stafford, obviously. And then also, you know, what are you going to do on the offensive line? The team's not they're they're in trouble, but they're not. I'm not writing them off or anything like that, just because that NFC West division looks like it could be, I mean, anybody's game at this point, to be perfectly honest. No, no, no question. I think the best Seattle's team live to win that division, by the way. Seattle's not good. Um, Dude, I... the 49ers have Jimmy G and Kyle loves to kick. I mean, <laughs> the, four, the 49ers are not like they look great on Monday night, but they're not that dominant. The Rams clearly have issues. And if you if you want to back the Cardinals, be my guest. No, I Gino don't. Smith is, Gino Smith is the first quarterback. Is he has the highest completion percentage for a quarterback in his first four games of the season in NFL history? Yes. Like the, the, the Seahawks are live, man. Okay. Uh, I think the four, <laughs> I think the 49ers are still the best team in that division, even though I think they're three quarters of a football team. I think their defense is great. I think the 49ers occasionally are good offensively and occasionally are trash offensively. They happen to lose a game 11 to 10 because Jimmy G dropped back out of the end zone into a safety. Um, I think Jimmy will be okay. I think we'll see the same version of Jimmy we have seen over the last three years if he can stay healthy, which is the real big if. Uh, yeah. then I think the 49ers will win that division because I think the rest of that team and the coaching is good enough to make up for it. I don't think they'll have much of a problem this week.
I got I the four nine was winning the division before the season. And look, I mean, part of it was, hey, maybe the trade lanes, like I think Trey Lance can be awesome, but if it doesn't work, they've still got Jimmy G. And that's a pretty good fallback to have. Yeah. Like they would be in real trouble if they didn't have Jimmy Garoppolo in there. And yeah, he he looked like crap two weeks ago. Um He's going to have up and down games like all yeah. quarterbacks do. Jimmy Garoppolo is just like a lightning rod for him for some reason. Like when he has a bad game, it's like freak out city. Uh, you know, I do think that one of the things we saw on Monday night was Kyle Shanahan just making life easier for Jimmy G. You know, you know, get the, you know, granted the, the touchdown pass to Divas Samuel that he threw high. You know, I was like, did he mean to throw that high? It's like, probably not. <laughs> he probably did not mean to sail that high out of the way of the defender, but if he did kudos to him, um, and then you had the little one-yard screen pass to Debo, um, you know, just all kinds of things that you can do. Like, that offense makes life easy for quarterbacks. And yes. so Jimmy G knows where to go with the ball. He's going to be able to distribute. They're going to win their fair share of games. I would bet them to win the division right now if, if I were if I were betting anything on, on that. Um, I picked them to win the division before the season, like I said, and, and I think they are the best team. But I do think Seattle is live. I think all four of those teams are live in that division. Well, I mean, if the division's going to be one at nine and eight, then yes, anybody can win it except Arizona because we know they're if, not going to. If gonna Seattle get wins the division, I'll be reminding you of it for several weeks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hope uh, I hope I hope there's a ticket on that. Uh Will Brinson, senior NFL writer, CBS Sports.com, Pick Six Podcast moderator. Uh I saw one ranking had the Eagles as the best team in the NFL. They are four and Uh I think they might be the best team in the NFC, but I don't think they're better than the best teams in the AFC. Um other than the fact that Jalen Hurts has become I I will say a better version of Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, I mean, Jimmy T can't run like that. Well, but I I don't look at Jalen Hurts as being anything other than he's a very solid quarterback, but the running element is what, or maybe the better way to put it is that he's a poor man's Josh Allen. Yeah, I think that, that works. You know, he's improved his accuracy. Um, he's not as, he doesn't have nearly the arm strength of Josh Allen, right. obviously, but he's improved his accuracy. And maybe that's what makes him a poor man's Josh Allen. I mean, as a runner, he is, he is a load, man. Like he, like yep. he doesn't look. You don't think he's as strong and as thick as he is. Um, may, maybe the maybe the comp is like a, a a better running Donovan McNabb. I don't know. Like he the size, I don't know. The size kind of reminds me of McNabb a little bit. The Eagles, obviously, you know, the, the comp there works. But I mean, may, I don't know. I think the Allen thing is is, is kind of accurate because he's so dangerous in the red zone. Um, and you know he's not like super speedy, but he's but he's you know he's plenty fast enough. Mm-hmm. And he, when he gets rolling, he can just he can you know he's got great rushing moves. He sees the field really well. And I think like my whole premise of putting the Eagles in the Super Bowl before the season was Jalen Hurts just has to take a small step forward. And if he does that, the depth on the offensive line, the depth on the defensive line, the talent at the skill positions will allow this Eagles team to be you know. And plus, I didn't think the division would be very good. It's been better than I thought through uh, four weeks. But you know, I mean. But the Cowboys and the Giants can be paper tigers. But like, you know, all those things happen. And Hurts made a much bigger step as a passer than I anticipated. So uh, I agree with you. I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. Uh, they're probably number three. Like, I, I mean, if I'm, t- you know, Eagles, Ravens, I'm probably taking Eagles. That'd be a fun, my, my Super Bowl would be a fun Super Bowl to watch, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, total shootout. But yeah, I think if it were, you know, Bills or Chiefs versus Eagles in the Super Bowl, the Bills and Chiefs are five point favorites more than likely. All right, final thing. The Dolphins, I, I don't even know who fired the doctor who cleared Tua. doesn't matter to me who fired the doctor who cleared Tua to go back in in the game against Buffalo. By the way, Tua Tungabailoa was ruled out 
for Miami's game against the Jets coming up on Sunday. Um, but very noble of them. Yes. Does it? Does it take? Did it take a medical expert though to know that Tua shouldn't have played? And have we <laughs> no. basically just scapegoated the doctor? Yes. To cover every, and I, I have such a problem with that. Yeah, I mean, like what it took to figure that out was a two eyeballs, right? Maybe one, <laughs> or like a, I mean, none. I mean, maybe you could have done it like through the, like some sort of, I don't know, descriptive manner. A kaleidoscope. Like, hey, like, like. Remember those kaleidoscopes you'd get? Like you just shake it and you're, yeah. you're looking through it, and it's like four billion colors, and you don't know what you're watching. Yes, through that yeah. we could have seen the two of shouldn't have come back. Or somebody could just told you like. Just said on air, like Tua look Tua's walking on the field like Brinson on Sunday morning in Clemson. You know, like <laughs> like I mean and like people were like, oh, like get him out of the game immediately. Like this guy this guy has like head trauma. Um, you know, I, I think that the 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 neurologist thing is definitely a scapegoat move. It's well, I think to me what happened is the NFL got too comfortable with its protocols and its policies. And in the sense that like it used to be if you were even remotely close to being like, if you look concussed, you would, you would be in the protocol. You would, you know, you would, and you probably weren't playing the next week. Like it would be a shock right. if somebody who went in the concussion pro- protocol played the next week. Um, I think it, the NFL had done a pretty good job of it for a while and maybe got too lax or like, and then some teams felt like they could push the envelope or you know, the other thing too is like, you don't necessarily test positive for a concussion. If you have a concussion all the time, mm-hmm. like that's, it's, that's the problem with that independent, you know, the, the, the way it is, it's just, it's a gray area. It's not a, literally it's a gray area. It's your brain. It's not a black and white situation. Oftentimes when you're going through these protocols. And so it can be a situation where, you know, um, two, had a concussion, didn't, te- didn't test positive for, for, for a concussion and the dolphins in a game, they really wanted to win, brought him back out there. Right. And it, so it's like, a, it's not like a, there's no one person to blame. It's just that clearly the Dolphins, who, by the way, have been involved in like 15 scandals in the last three or five, four years. <laughs> been a rough go. I mean, just stop getting involved in scandals. Like they, you know, it, it's to me, it seems somebody needs to step in from the Dolphins or from the medical staff, the training staff, the coaching staff, the front office. I mean, the owner's suspended, so he can't step in. Right. Somebody needs to step in and say, hey, look, he can't play this week. You know, like he, we, you know, this game is in four days. You know, he, we, you know, you're watching the tape, man. Everybody's watching the tape. I don't think there's anything nefarious on the half of Mike McDaniel or anybody like that. But I do think something, you know, the NFL does need to adjust these protocols now that, you know, it's like when something like this can slip through the cracks, it needs to change. Will Brinson, um, all, as you said, they just needed one eye. One eye to know that he should not have gone back onto the field at any point. Uh, in that game, and I don't know that one, I don't know that Sunday begat Thursday, uh, but Thursday, I'm sure, was a whole but, lot But the worse. danger is, is like, right. if you if you don't allow your brain to recover from a, the fir- a one concussion, you suffer another one. Yep. Like, that is, I mean, it makes obvious medical sense, but, like, that is the exponential nature of that the, that head trauma is 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 there no question about it you are the man i appreciate your time well and putting up with our technical uh issues uh right. i'll talk to you next week all right, right. Man, see you next week you got it. this is the adam gold show without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.